Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brant Bernard, Dave Schrader, Cassie Schrader, Alex Brant Bernard Rasmussen, and Mike Molino. And we'll be right back to kick off the second hour Tom Bernard Show. Due to the billions of marketing dollars spent by Walzer Automotive on Tom Bernard Podcast, you hopefully know that Walzer sells cars. What you might not know is that they also have two full service collision repair centers in the Twin Cities. They're fully certified by all insurance carriers and can help you navigate all the paperwork if you ever have an accident. But wait, there's more. They've also been in the paintless dent repair business for nearly 30 years and can take those pesky dings out for just a fraction of what traditional bodywork costs. Broken windshield? Walzer Collision is a fleet of full-service mobile glass repair trucks as well. Walzer are pros at body and glass repair, but don't take my word for it. They have an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau and a nearly perfect 4.8 Google rating. Check them out at walzercollision.com. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? And, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Thank you again to Max Boot. Thank you to Sophie and Laura and Thomas Bryant and Michael Bryant. It was very, very nice to have everybody in studio. There's room for Alex now. Yay. Cassie Schrader's in, so that's good. Dave Schrader's in. We got it covered. So we'll start off the second hour with the one of the most obnoxious comments I've ever heard by a, a pig of a human being. 
He who represents himself as a fool for a client, according to an old saying that Jared Fogle isn't doing much to disprove. Oh, Jared, huh? Jared Fogle, he's at it again. He's trying to represent himself? Oh, yeah. Don't do that. The former Subway pitch man. How would you like to be Subway and connected to this jerk forever? Mm. Nice touch. The former Subway pitch man who was serving a 15-year sentence for child pornography and child prostitution has filed a bizarre appeal arguing that the judge who has presided over his case is biased because she has two teenage daughters. I thought it was because she owns stock in Quiznos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Are there still Quiznos? Yes, wow. there are. I haven't seen oh, yes, one in a long are. time. I just added at Las Vegas Airport. It's good. I just have never seen one in a long time. I haven't had Quiznos in probably 15 years. Well, not 10 years. What happened to them? They well, kind of just... Well, Subway I think, ate them. Well, no, I think what happened, um, gosh, it had been about 15 years ago. They had a commercial campaign, and they had rodents singing for a food product, and I don't think that was very appealing. Do you remember that? They were like hamsters or something, and they would just say this, eat Quiznos sobs, and it was just really obnoxious and annoying. Oh, that's right. It was like those weird kind of like, uh, almost like they cut the hamsters out of a newspaper, and then they animated the lips with real human lips. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It It was was a bizarre commercial. horrible. And I think after that, that's when they went kind of downhill. Yeah. They have, there's one at uh, MSP, there's one over in New Hope, and there is one over in Rosedale Center. They, had a good, they did a good job of... Uh, so, they're around. They did a good job of heating them up, didn't they? Yeah, that's what they were like good at, was the hot subs. Yeah, that's what I thought. Oh, this is... Oh, this is a sad story. I didn't have any other options, said Belen Aldacosea. So she opted for a pretty awful one. A 21-year-old Florida woman says she was compelled to do something because of Spirit Airlines, which says uh, she verified twice on the phone that she'd be able to bring Pebbles, her dwarf hamster, on a November 21st flight from Baltimore to Fort Lauderdale. The Miami Herald reports that when she got to the airport, she says Spirit had changed its tune and wouldn't let the pet aboard. Alda Cosea says she was stuck. Her nearest friends were hours away in Chambersburg, Pennsylvania, at Wilson College, a school she was leaving in order to have a painful but benign neck growth removed at home. The medical issue created a time crunch. She says a spirit rep had a suggestion. So Put it in the cargo? Uh, nope. Much worse than that. Oh, she my- says she's considering suing spirit over losing pebbles. So she lost pebbles. She says was classified as an emotional support animal. Spirit denies the recommendation, though it did confirm Alda Cosea was erroneously told the hamster would be permitted on board in a support animal capacity. You know what the uh, Spirit Airlines person told her to do? Oh, what? She had to flush it down the toilet. No. Why? What? Oh God. Why did she? She didn't have to. They said she had to. Otherwise, sorry. Uh-huh. What? That doesn't make any sense. Why? This sounds like this lady is crazy. No, well, Spirit this Airlines is like is, an insane uh, person thing to say. Spirit Airlines is a little out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I wouldn't put it past them, but uh, that's. Was it the toilet on the plane? <laughs> uh, it says here a spirit rep had a suggestion flush pebbles, and so Alda Cosea says she spent 10 minutes crying in the stall oh. where she did the deed and flushed pebbles down the toilet. Why did they. I don't why? Know. Why? <laughs> 
What's well, the yeah, reason? She, it's not like well, the in, in their defense, airline they, representative is like the FBI telling her, flush your hamster or we're going to kill you. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah I'd just be like, because no. Of, uh, yeah, just because an airline rep tells you to do something doesn't mean you have to do it. This lady, well, they wouldn't get a let, they weren't going to let her on the something's airplane. Something's odd about her. That's because what? the hamster was dressed in uh, Crips colors. It was <laughs> well, looking for trouble. Why would they care so much about a little hamster? Like a dwarf Plus, hamster yeah. is so teeny tiny. Why would they care if it was on the plane? Why wouldn't she just put it and say, I flushed it, and then put it in her purse? Yeah. yeah. Put it in her jeans pocket. They're small. <laughs> put it in your jeans pocket <laughs> I'll and never sneak know. on board. I don't understand. This whole yeah, thing they... doesn't make any sense to me. Well, No, it, it does not make any sense. And it sounds made up. It does. It's not made up. It, uh, it is not a made-up story. It it's right from up. the wire. They don't put made-up stories on the wire unless it's about politics. That's the only time they make up <laughs> lies. Well. It's about politics. They constantly lie. So uh, I just saw a headline that it's a bit disturbing. You do know that this Tesla rocket that went up into space yeah. with a Tesla aboard, mm-hmm. and it's, going, it's supposed to circle the sun, which of right. course is impossible. It's not going to happen. Uh, we kicked in $4.9 billion. Did you know that, the American, American taxpayer? Why? See, I thought this was a privately I owned, private, a privately yeah. owned program. <clears throat> And that they got sponsorships for this. No, they get a lot of government funding. A lot of government funding. I think he's gotten $15 billion or so over the years. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's right. So, yeah, not a bad amount. Not a bad amount. I could could probably start a pretty successful business with $15 billion. Well, apparently he can't because Elon Musk's Tesla just announced a record loss for the company. Hmm. So maybe you should, maybe what you should do maybe is pay attention to one thing. Look, I used to own a Tesla. I loved the Tesla. It was a wonderful car. The reason I got rid of it is because of the bricking thing we've talked about before. If it stopped on the freeway, you could not move it. You could not tow it. You had to bring in another battery, put the battery in the car. And these were not small batteries, by the way. And then you could move the car. And I said, I can't, I can't have a car that might break down on the freeway and I can't even move it. You couldn't even take it out of gear put it in neutral and push it. That's not how electric cars work. Maybe they do now, but they didn't back then. It was one of the first Teslas ever made. The day after Elon Musk sent a Tesla Roadster to space in the first test flight of SpaceX's new rocket, his electric car company chalked up a less impressive record. Tesla Incorporated announced its biggest ever quarterly loss, biggest ever quarterly loss on Wednesday, a whopping $675 million loss for the quarter ending December 31st. The losses are mostly due to production delays for the Model 3, but the company still has a sizable uh, has sizable revenues, and Musk says he believes it will return to profitability this year. See, what I would do is I would pay attention to my car company. You know, instead of messing around with rockets and wanting to put people in Mars and it's yeah, not going to happen. The rocket thing is really weird. It's really weird. It's just something to do for a guy from Pretoria, South Africa. Elon, settle down, make your cars, and... Uh, Make a little money. Now, Malina, is Melina still alive or is he hanging somewhere? <laughs> He's here. dead. He died. It's weird. I don't know why. Well, I just wanted to know because uh, the stock market's not exactly healthy today. No, it is not. What do you got, Melina? Uh, let's check up to the minute. It is down 459. Oof. Do you think that has anything to do with the revelation that Marlon Brando and Richard Pryor were lovers? I knew you'd bring that up because you texted me. No, that was said, my wife, wasn't I it? I believe it. 
<laughs> She's the one that just showed me the story. Well, I don't they're two know. of it's Tom's it. favorites, yeah, and well. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> well, I did get uh, some texts from several listeners. Doc Catchmark sent in a text that said, Marlon Brando had sex with Richard Pryor. What's next? Red Fox and Jackie Gleason? <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of yeah, I don't odd care couple. that they had said. Yeah, I, 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 Marlon Brando apparently would uh, would do just about anyone or anything. That's just kind of how he was. Well, come on. Just yesterday, but, we found know. out that Quincy Jones and Ivanka dated. What? Oh my God! Did you see the latest on Quincy Jones? It got even worse today. Jeez. <laughs> oh, oh. Why is he so oh, hate-filled and, and full of rage on all the people that have helped make him millions? At 84, he's crabbing. <laughs> he's shaking his fist. Get off my yard, you punk kids. Yeah. It's exactly what he was doing, too. It was just basic. God, he would, he just went on and on and on today about how, what a horrible human being Michael Jackson was and how he stole Billie Jean from Donna Summer, and I can't remember the name of the song, but I played both of the songs on the morning show this morning. They don't sound anything alike. Do you Nothing. think he's? Do you think it's a, a form of dementia? I know that there are people I that, think as does. they get older, they suddenly have this paranoid streak where they think everybody's out to screw them over. Uh, that that all of the past, you've had these great relationships. I mean, my dad's mom, my grandmother, uh, I guess that'd be the way to refer to her. When she was starting to lose her mind, suddenly she was sure that her boys had been stealing from her her whole life. And, you know, all of her fine china, which she never owned, was missing because of them. And you know, it was like this weird, paranoid, delusional state that they went into. And I'm wondering if, if uh, old Q has hit that level. Well, the bad news is most people are trying to screw you out of money. So yeah, there's that. <laughs> most of what your grandmother thought was true. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, a lot of people love to screw people out of money. I don't know why, but they just, they just think it's a wonderful idea. Uh, let's you know people right, but I just mean that, that dementia stage. No, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I I don't even want to talk about it because my luck, I'll get it. I'll be on the air with you guys someday and go. Who are you people again? <laughs> <laughs> Schrader stole I, my I, stick. <laughs> Schrader stole my stick. It was terrible. It was a no. I I, I that's got to be the worst thing because apparently now because of a thanks thanks so much for that TV commercial. I can't remember what drug it's for, but it's about dementia. And Parkinson's, and the fact that you start seeing uh, illusions, and oh God, can you imagine how horrible it is that people appear before you and you think they're there and they're not really there? Ugh, well, we don't have either of be... those in our family at all. Nope. So. Yeah, but my luck, I'll be the first one to develop it. Okay, you're a Barnard. Let's you th- like strive. You thrive, strive. You thrive on like red meat and soda so i think you're fine what's that got to do with it i'm just saying like so you, you don't get you don't get dementia your family is unbelievable you don't do anything healthy ever and you live to be like 90 yeah, we, with no problems at all and then you just like go away in your sleep it's like ridiculous wait a second <laughs> there's a lot of bitterness there alex how dare you people eat and drink there. as you wish and die in your sleep i'm not it's not i'm not bitter it's just like it's remarkable <laughs> yeah. and impressive well, it's, well, that's it why is I kind said of everybody... unfair how uh, much genetics influences how long you're going to live. Oh, yeah. Because it's like you can live your entire life exercising all the time and eating nothing but salad. And if you have that 
crap gene, then, you know, too bad. Yeah, if heart disease runs in your family, like, you'll probably die of a heart attack no matter what you do. Well, look at, wasn't it Rodney? Uh, Tom, wasn't it Rodney who stopped going to his doctor because he had, like, three doctors in a row that told me he had to change his life or he was going to die, and all three of them died before he did? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What's like, Dad, look at Grandma. How old was Grandma when she died? 80? She was 87, about to turn 88. She was 88 years old, smoked like nobody's friggin' business, never ate a vegetable. She could smoke up a stack. Yeah. Never oh, exercised, never did anything healthy ever, and lived to be 87. Ridiculous. Well, how, about, how about her father? Her father was a raging alcoholic who never did. He got arrested one time, and I'll never forget this. At uh, 17 years old, uh, I find out, because he was 60 years older than me. I find out at 17 years old that my mother's got to take a bus down to 15th in Chicago because her father at 77 years old got arrested for beating someone up on the street corner. <laughs> now, this is a guy who was about five foot three uh, and drank like a fish. I, I don't know how he could beat anyone up, but apparently he did it. I don't know what I uh, oh, take. Know. Tell Jake LaMotta that. Yeah, that old man. Well, that's true. He was not a big guy. Yes, he had old man strength. Those well, you always underestimate an old man. Well, look at all these people, too. You've got George Burns, yeah, who lived to be 108, drank, smoked cigars on a regular basis, Sinatra, Dean yeah, Martin. I right. mean, those guys abused their yeah. kidneys like they owed them money. Yeah. And you just don't, you know, you don't go down. Yeah, it's remarkable. I was going to bring up the Royals because yeah. they live forever, but we know that they're just living on the blood of the innocents that they keep <laughs> pumping through their own veins. So yes. They're vampires? Yes. Oh, yeah. If you're rich enough, you can just keep having your organs replaced and, oh, and live forever. That's true. That that magnificent Triumph the Insult comic, uh, comic dog uh, came up on the show today when he interviewed... You guys like Triumph the Insult comic I do. dog? Yes. Yeah. Boo! <laughs> Was that Alex? Yes. yes. Cassie, I couldn't tell. <laughs> that was Molina. Was no, Alex? I love I love Triumph. <laughs> it was so Molina. Annoying. When he interviewed Bon Jovi, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Did you see that one, Cassie? No, I haven't. Very quickly. Interviewing Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi gets his first movie role in John Carpenter's Dracula. Vampires. And Triumph the insult. Con- vampires. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Vampires. John, John Carpenter's Vampires. And he said, John Bon Jovi. What's it like to be in the movie John Carpenter's Vampires? What's it like to actually work? <laughs> uh, how did he lay the line out again? Well, oh, yeah. What's it like to have a job where that you're actually required to suck? <laughs> 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 I butchered the line, but you know, some it was somewhere. Uh, time ran out. That was my problem. We'll be right back, Tom Bernard Show. I'm Brad Huckle, president of North American Banking Company. Ask one of our bankers what they love about business banking. They always say the relationship with a client. Case in point, True North Oral Surgery and Implants is a longtime customer with a growing practice. Their banker, Julie Marshall, knows the ins and outs of what they do. So when they need working capital, an equipment loan, or funds for expansion, they call Julie. Are you looking for a banker you can count on? Give us a call. This is Tom. Why not bank with my bank? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special. 
which includes two premium MyPillows and two go-anywhere pillows. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now's the perfect time to get your first MyPillow. If you already know how great the MyPillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. But make sure you use promo code TOM. Call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. That's 800-516-5146, promo code TOM. absolutely adored Glenn Miller. You know, it's interesting about that. That's come up before. The fact that uh, Aerosmith and the Rolling Stones and the Beatles and all those bands are, are still played today, uh, some 50 years later, in some cases, we're sneaking up on 60 years later, <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, that would have meant when I was a teenager, we would have been listening to things like Rudy Valley. Do you know what I mean? In the, mm-hmm. in the, in the 60s, when the Beatles broke, if we had been listening to music that was 50 years old like we are now, uh, the music would have been from, you know, 1915. Isn't that bizarre that that music, the classic rock, has lasted so long? Well, I, I just think the music holds up because it's just great. I mean, it's it's not like what we have today. I mean, no. they actually play instruments back then. <laughs> Nobody does that anymore, and I just... I think it can just it just holds up. It's great. Well, I will music. tell you this. Quincy Jones does not agree with you. I will <laughs> tell you that much. This guy. The internet is still reeling from Vulture's jaw-dropping interview with Quincy Jones on Wednesday. The expansive chat contained revelation after mind-blowing revelation. He claims to have dated Ivanka Trump. We talked about this yesterday on this show. He would have been seventy-two and she would have been twenty-six. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Well, that's been known uh, to happen, sure Tom. He... From time to time, these older gentlemen. Uh, wasn't Anna Nicole Smith like 20 when she married the 80-year-old guy? Yeah. That, well, that's true. Yeah. But that was a little. That was. That you didn't. Even, she didn't try to pull a curtain over that one. We knew everybody knew exactly what she was doing. <laughs> right. But at least didn't these two kept it on anyway? the down low. No, he yeah, he died. True. No, he died. Uh, that the, she was in probation. She was dealing with the family because they were fighting her for the millions that he oh, left. Oh, that's her. right. Yeah, that's right. Mm. But then she died very a very short time afterward. Oh, she was married to him for one year before he died. Mm-hmm. So, but other than that, everything's so, good. But that was true yeah, love. he. Uh, it was a very very obvious, you know, basically prostitution. It's like my um, wife. She married me for my vast millions and just hoping that I'm going to tack off someday so she yes. gets it all. <laughs> That's it. Did everything. Uh, Quincy Jones knows who's behind JFK's assassination, but he won't say. He says Marlon Brando had a fling with Richard Pryor. He claims the King of Pop stole songs, but perhaps the craziest part is that according to author David Marquesa, that was just a toned-down version. I asked him what I thought was a pretty generic question about Michael Jackson. You know, what's something people don't get about Michael Jackson, thinking that he would say he was a better songwriter than he was given credit for, something like that. And he was like, oh, yeah, he stole songs. I was like, huh? So that's how this is going to go? 
The veteran interviewer admitted to feeling more than a little thrown by the 84-year-old music legend's extremely candid answers to his queries. When asked to name the most jarring moment, he insisted there were a handful of such instances. When he called me a mother-effer, that's one where I'm like, okay, I'll take a minute and I'll figure out if you're saying that playfully or if you're actually calling me a mother-effer. He was also quick to cite the time Jones characterized Brando as one who would F a mailbox. <laughs> Whatever that means. Any port in a storm, I guess. Quote, yeah, any port in a storm. For all endlessly quotable and sometimes head-scratching anecdotes, Marquese insisted that the wildest material wound up getting cut. I don't even know if I want to get uh, into this too much, you know. This is like the PG-13 version of how the conversation actually went. There was stuff said that, like, this is not, no, I cannot. I'm not going to wade into these waters. So there was a lot of jaw-dropping moments. Apparently he just went on and on and on about all these things and all these horrible things that people did and how he knew everything and he was always right and everybody else was always wrong. He's 84 years old. I don't know. When did he? When did those kids, uh, Peggy Lipton and Quincy Jones, break up? Oh, geez. Wasn't that? I thought that was how like around oh, 79 or 80. Oh, really? 90 they broke up. Yeah. 1990 they broke up? So 28 years ago? Because was she a lot younger than he was as well? She is... She's got to be in her 70s. Well, what I don't get, I mean, Quincy, he says that Michael stole stuff. I I don't think he was a producer on the Thriller album. I know he was on Off the Wall. Um, Then wouldn't he have had a hand in stealing the music along with Michael, if that's the case? I think Quincy was the producer on on, uh, Thriller, wasn't he? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was Off the Wall. Great song. Um, yeah. Great album, I mean. album, let's see here. Well, there was a lot of people that claimed that Michael stole their music, though. Oh, yeah. Quincy did produce Thriller. Yeah. Oh, he yeah, did. I okay. He did. I thought I wasn't certain, but I thought that he did. I mean, the guy's a hell of a producer. You can't take that away from Quincy Jones. Nope. The guy did mm-hmm. know what he was doing in the production phase of uh, doing albums. The guy, he does know what he's talking about, but my God, is he... He and Louis Farrakhan should hang out with one another. Yeah, I They're think... They're both crabbier now. I mean, it just seems like he's kind of, like, all over the place with what he's saying. I mean, I, I, it's almost maybe, delusional. Well, maybe you just get to the point in the age where you just... There's no need to sugarcoat for these people anymore, and you could just speak your mind, because what are they going to do, fire you? Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess, I guess you're right about that. What are they going to do, fire you? Because uh, apparently they're not. It is. It is what it is. Uh, this is nice. Now you don't see this all that often. Thank God you see it once in a while. People. Oh God, I hate it when they do pop-up ads. I just absolutely hate it when ads pop up. People who would like to become physically stronger should start with weight training. Well, what kind of <laughs> advice is that? If you'd like to be stronger, you should lift weights. Really. Oh, I didn't realize that. If you want to be faster, would like to. you could start to run, too. Yeah, you could. You start to run if you want to be faster. Interesting idea. People who would like to become physically stronger should start with weight training and add protein to their diets, according to a comprehensive scientific review. of. God, I hope these people didn't make millions for this study. Say, they did. Really? Brand new information. So uh-huh. I should lift weights, and then after lifting weights, I should eat protein to build muscle? I didn't know that. This is groundbreaking. Come on. Yeah. The review finds that eating more protein, well past the amounts currently recommended, can significantly augment the effects of lifting weights, especially for people past the age of 40, but there is an upper limit to the benefits of protein, the review cautions. On the other hand, any form of protein is likely to be effective. We'll see if these people know what they're doing if they actually talk about grams, because 
basically around 40 to 45 grams for a large man after lifting weights is of uh, protein is a good idea. On the other hand, any form of protein is likely to be effective, it concludes, not merely high-protein shakes and supplements. Really, protein like... Is everybody sitting down in the studio? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because this is going to shock you. On the other hand, any form of protein is likely to be effective, it concludes, not merely high-protein shakes and supplements. Other forms of protein like beef, chicken, and the like also work. Okay. Really? So. Oh, so meat. Any protein. So... Tofu. <laughs> Yogurt's good. Uh, it doesn't mention tofu. It mentions... Uh, tofu is all the, protein. Tofu is the only 100% protein, Dad. <laughs> I don't know why you're yelling at me. I didn't write this So article. there. was not me. Beef, chicken, yogurt, and even protein from peas or quinoa could help us build larger and stronger muscles. It uh, makes intuitive sense that protein in our diet should aid in bulking up muscles in our bodies since muscles consist mostly of protein. When we lift weights, we stress the muscles and cause minute damage to muscle tissues, which then makes new proteins heal. Uh, I I think they meant takes, not makes. But muscles also will readily turn to and slurp up any bonus proteins floating around in the bloodstream. This is, this, seriously, I started lifting weights when I was about 21. I knew this then. What is new about this? This is not Does anybody understand anything new about this? No. This is not new at all. Or you could be like mom and do like an hour long weightlifting workout and then be like, well, I had a slice of cheese. (laughs) So I had some protein. I'm like, mom. There's like four grams of protein in what you just ate. You need like 30. Well, here they get specific. The researchers also looked for the sweet spot for protein intake, which turned out to be about 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. In practical terms, that would amount to about 130 grams of protein a day for a 175-pound man. So, yeah, they, they, they got all that stuff down, but I just don't understand. So, so, Dave, you think they actually were paid for this study? Well, obviously. Well, yeah. Yeah, but well, you know, yeah, here's the, you know what this this sounds like. Money. This sounds like my days in college, where I had like uh, six months to put together my project, and on the last night, I just started googling any kind of information regarding this, and then put together this is my comprehensive report. Because what, have, like you said, what have they released that's groundbreaking? I'm not a weightlifter, and I could have told you all the stuff that you just released. Exactly. There's one other thing you do learn, by the way, and this is you know going through. Uh, all if you go through any of the weightlifting manuals or any of the stuff uh, that are printed online, things that are repeated online, and I don't know why this is, but if you talk about weightlifting, in particular working out, yes, but in particular weightlifting, don't ever look at the comment section because every comment is going to be about seven paragraphs long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that why. Passionate people. You get that? Roid rage. <laughs> right. Well, I just think everybody <laughs> thinks, you know, they're an expert. <laughs> That's what it is. You're yeah. 100% correct. Everybody thinks they're an expert at lifting. Seriously, I'm looking at comments. This one goes one, two, three, four, five, yeah, six paragraphs. Oh, wait a minute. Here's one that's only one paragraph. Let's see what this fool thinks. All very important points, SMC. In addition, it's also important to know that dairy products and red meat are a major cause of muscle inflation in older people. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you're going to. Inflation, does he mean growth? Or or inflammation? I think he means inflammation. 
Because it says inflation. He meant yeah, Those are different concepts. But I mean, if you ate a hundred, right. if you ate a hundred grams of red meat, of protein through red meat a day, you would have bad health issues. Well, you would. I wouldn't. Yes, you would. That much red meat is not good for any human being. Oh, here we go. Hit, <laughs> it's hippie, not. Hippie, red meat is linked to heart <laughs> disease. Ah, you're making uh, it up. Nine ounce <laughs> you're making city. it up. About <laughs> 75 grams of protein. Yeah, so, I mean, nine ounce steak. You know, a nine ounce steak. That's not too bad. If you ate one of those, one and a half of those every single day for your entire life, you would be in trouble. That's much different than like eating 100 grams really? of protein. Well, tofu. steak yeah. is hard to digest. Yeah. That's that's my problem. So, with not it. all like protein is created does, equal. doesn't love it. Not all protein is created equal. No. It's not like, well, it's like calories. It's like a calorie isn't a calorie. It depends on what kind of food you're eating. Yeah. You can't survive off of like chocolate bars because I'm getting enough calories. Same thing with Well, not American chocolate bars. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, I bet Wait I bet minute. foreign chocolate you probably could get by on. It's this crap. Have you? There I is, eat chocolate overseas, and then I come back here and I'll have a Hershey bar. It tastes like I'm eating chocolate wax. It's so I know. It's like those wax melty cubes you get that put in the little uh, wax uh, burners. I know. Do you know the Ugh. only food? There's one food that a human being could survive off of just eating that. Mm-hmm. That's beef and cheddar potatoes? croissants over at uh, Portillo's. <laughs> nope. I'm pretty sure nope. it's beef and cheddar croissants. It is not. It is oh. everything that your body needs. Does anyone know what it is? Pizza. It is butter. It don't is butter potatoes. It is not. It is honey. Oh yes. I don't believe organic that. raw honey. Not that processed local? nonsense. Local. Yeah. No. It doesn't it's local. Have to be local. Okay. There's sugar but unprocessed, in it. Unprocessed. Unprocessed. Fat honey. in it. But it has every amino. Sugar, it fat, has there's protein. Amino acids. It's got everything that the human body needs to thrive. But that local, you, you want to get local because that helps you to fend off against uh, yes. uh, allergies. Lo- local is always best. Right, I mean. yeah. And a lot of honey isn't even really honey. Like if you go to Cub Foods and get like a honey bear, that's barely even passing as honey. Oh, really? It's not the same thing. Right. It's like maple syrup. Got any like stories you want to tell me about the Easter Bunny and Santa now? <laughs> yeah, Want to kick my puppy? Plenty. <laughs> now you've ruined our lives. Way to go. Yep, you're welcome. That's what Way I'm to go, for. my friend why i'm here just to ruin our lives I no i just up. think people get these weird ideas well again when i was 25 years old i guess at the time i worked out with a guy really knew what he was talking about really smart and i he, i said would it hurt my weightlifting would build uh, you know would it hurt my effort to build muscle if i ran he goes what do you want to run for and i said well you know you get a healthy heart and all the rest of it he said, the only reason to ever run is if you're in danger. <laughs> That's what he told me. I like that trainer. Walking is much better for you than running from Walking's a... Walking's much better for you than running. Mus- That's what he said. Muscular, skeletal standpoint. I like See, those speed walkers. Those are my fave. With the arms going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like all this. This all works for me, as a matter of fact. Mm. This all works very, very well for me, as a matter of fact. Um, we have a special guest coming up next, Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. If you're ready to sell your home, you've probably heard that you should wait until spring. But why wait for temperatures to rise when the market is hot right now? Not selling in winter is a total myth. Truth is, buyers are hungry. And while other sellers and real estate agents hibernate, the Chris Lindahl team is selling homes like hotcakes. Chris has done a great job. We have our house on the market with Chris right now, as a matter of fact, and the video he did is amazing. The Chris Lindahl team is America's number one REMAX results team for a reason. They play to win. 
and they've got the skill players to sell your home fast. In fact, they sell a home on average every nine hours for over the MLS average. Don't wait until spring to sell your home. Call the Chris Lindahl team at 763-401-SOLD. That's 763-401-SOLD. The first two callers will get a free staging package. This is a huge value, and it's only going to the first two Tom Bernard Show callers from this ad. That's 763-401-SOLD. Call now, get the free staging package, and grab the opportunity before winter is over. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Well, they broke into Watergate and tapped people's phones. The FBI and CIA would not leave folks alone. The people in the White House were bursting with pride when the votes were all counted. It was a big landslide. The USA... I'm assuming that Lynn is on the phone. Yep. Yes, she is. Lynn, Lynn Matsuoka, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. That how old is that? Not that was uh, what, what was that guy's name? Tom T. Jones or something? Tom T. Tom Hall. T. Hall. Tom T. Hall. That's what it was. How, when did that song come out? 1970. Does it? Who say? are you asking? You're not asking me. <laughs> no, no, Lynn, I wouldn't ask. I would not ask. <laughs> you. I'm asking the producer that because the the words fit today too. I, it's just. The FBI, CRA, or after everyone. It's just amazing. Do our lives ever yeah. change, Lynn? Or they just, is there an ebb and a flow? And It's the same stuff over and over again. There's just an ebb and flow to it. Is that it? Well, it certainly seems that way now. You know, looking back at Watergate, and here we are again, but in spades, I think. It kind of, well, that's what appears to, to be the situation, Lynn. And, and what's really difficult for me uh, as a just a, a consumer... I try to sit yeah. and watch national news programs, and I tune in, and I swear to God, uh, and these are the terms that, that are always used, if one news channel says it's black, the next one says it's white. It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. What, what ha- Lynn, could you explain one thing to me, because I don't understand this. I really don't understand <laughs> you want what, me to what's explain something? Okay. Yeah, Lynn, please, explain. help me out with this. Okay, so about... Two months ago, there was a memo, right? We had this memo. Yeah. And then it became the Republican memo. And now there's a Democrat memo. Well, I thought Uh it was just a memo. Why did we all of a sudden end up with three different memos? What happened here? Well, you understand you're talking to an artist, right? No, but uh, whomever I learned from. But I have a different take on things. And I know I'm watching this like a hawk, all of it, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's a lot of cat fighting, you know? It's, uh, I, don't under- I don't understand why we can't all be on a level playing field, but that's just me. Everybody seems to be out for themselves. And these memos are supposed to be classified. So if it's a classified memo, why is it being revealed? I, I don't understand this, and I'm not the person you want to comment on it, I think. As no, much I, as I would love to say something brilliant. <laughs> no, I'd like to know everybody's opinion on the situation. I just don't know how this happened. Uh, Lynn Matsuoka, am I yes. pronouncing your name properly? Yeah, amazingly right, correct, yes. 
Well, what people, do you think of a moron? Lynn, you just called me a moron. You said, it's amazing that a... No, 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 no I didn't. I'll try the opposite. <laughs> I think you're one of the few people who pronounce my name correctly. Most people well, call I me actually, Musaka or other things. I don't know. But it's phonetic, yes. I'm... <laughs> Lynn, I must give credit to my son Andy, who speaks a, a little Japanese. So yep, when I, I recognize it as Japanese, yeah. So he, he said her name is pronounced Matsuoka. Uh, so Andy, you. Lynn, Lynn, Andy, you should know. Hi, her, Andy. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> she was a fly on the Hi. wall at Watergate hearings. For those who saw Steven Spielberg's Oscar-nominated movie, The Post, which I love this, by the way, uh, The Post, which, spoiler alert, ends with the Watergate break-in, Lynn, Lynn Matsuoko, uh, yes. can take your listeners back to what happened afterward mm-hmm. in the unraveling of the Nixon presidency and her role as a court artist. Lynn was present at many of the Watergate hearings where her skill... You know what's interesting? You know what I love, Lynn? You and I are probably yeah. ballpark the same age. You, uh-huh. I might be a little older, maybe, but you sound like you're about 25 years old. Oh, thank Why you. Is That's that? how I feel. Yeah, I mean, in Earth, years, in Earth years, I'm older, but I am basically 25. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. That works for me. Working for ABC and CBS News, Network News, of course, <laughs> whichever call uh, called her first, Lynn can talk about what she witnessed in sometimes near-empty courtrooms as well as what it was like to fly all over the country for months to visually record the hearings. What? How long did it take? Because we're talking, uh, what, what now, <laughs> um, 45 years ago? Well, I think it's the 45th anniversary of Watergate. Uh, yeah the break-in or, you know, the, the whole thing that started. And right. it's brilliant how that, that movie, the, the post is amazing. You've got to see it. It's a history lesson that doesn't feel like a lesson. It feels like you're in it. It's a greatly, beautifully done piece. But the very last scene, and this isn't, this isn't giving anything away, um, the very last scene is the security guard looking into a, an office that's been broken into, and the guys are in the next office taking all the Pentagon it's all about the Pentagon. Well, it's after the Pentagon Papers, but then they break into the Democratic offices in the Watergate building, and that's the, that's the end of the movie and the beginning of a whole other scandal. Maybe it'll be another movie. I don't know. <laughs> but it's very yeah, exciting. Maybe there will be another movie. Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm sorry. I got myself off track here. Uh, yeah, the, you were asking about how fast, how fast what? How fast did the hearings go? Oh, you, you kind of you kind of broke up there for a second. How I'm I asked you, you were starting to ask me how clear. fast, um, <clears throat> how fast did the hearings proceed? I don't know. You didn't. Say oh no, I just no, no, no. how I am. I was just fascinated with how long this all took. How long were you flying all over the place covering this, that, and the other thing? Um, how long did the did the hearings take? Because that, as I said, we're talking forty five years ago now. So most yeah. people. Uh, under a certain a certain age, don't they don't even remember it? Well, you know, it amazes me. Or I was just talking to a friend. It. Well, I was talking to a friend yesterday who was thirty six years old. He was not born at the time, and he knows so much about it. I don't know why, but it's it's a thing. And of course, it's back in the news now for many many months. You have Carl Bernstein on CNN all the time. You know, as a, you know, being asked questions because he was one of the guys who blew this open. And, uh, you know, fabulous writer, a great intellect. It happens to live out here in the Hamptons, so I see him all the time. Uh, great guy. And so he's been talking about it in reference, referencing back to Watergate. Um, and then this movie comes out, and there are a lot of parallels. So it's in the news now. People know about it, even if it wasn't during their time. 
but the hearings themselves, uh, people, you have to differentiate between hearings and trial. Hearings are right. then, for instance, Segretti. If you, can I tell you a quick thing about Donald Segretti? They called him the weasel. He was this diminutive guy. He was about five foot two or something. And he was actually a lawyer. Uh, he was a military prosecutor. And, but he was the guy who helped everybody break in, uh, you know, for, to, to, to do political sabotage against the Democrats for Nixon. And uh, I, my very first job <clears throat> at CBS was, uh, they flew me down to Florida for the Segretti hearing. And all us artists okay. are sitting there. There, there are eight of us artists, one from each bureau and little hole in the newspaper, whatever. Each one had their own eyes. And there was a judge sitting up on high on a bench, and there was no one else in the courtroom except for a stenographer. And then all of a sudden, the huge doors to the courtroom slam open, and this little guy, Segretti, in chains, flanked by two huge cops, is practically dragged through through the courtroom by by us, stands with his back to us in front of the judge. They said whatever they said, which we couldn't hear, and then they turned around and dragged him out, and that was a minute and a half. That was the hearing for Segretti. That was I was it. able to that was it. I was able to get three drawings because I literally only need seconds. And the other artists <clears throat> I mean I'm very fast. I don't know why I trained with a great guy in New York and I can draw something in seconds or if you give me a minute I'm happy. But nobody else got anything, and that was there were no computers, no digital anything in those days. So they had to all run back to their office and try to get pictures. I went out and gave my drawings to the to the cameraman, and he shot them and ran back to his office, and they were up on TV within an hour. So that was my first coup. So they kept calling me because they liked me. <laughs> I did a good job, but that's how fast that it went. Out. Yeah, that is amazing. I do. I do have to ask you if you don't mind. It's a bit off topic, yeah. but but I'm fascinated yeah. by by your bio. Yeah. For 37 years, you documented the sumo world in Kabuki theater as well, in an unprecedented collection of drawings and paintings. Yeah. You were referred to as the sumo artist. Was color commentator for the world NHK TV coverage of the sumo tournaments out of Tokyo for 15 years. Yeah, you've had a what an interesting life you've had. Yeah, who knew that was coming? It wasn't by design. I have to tell you. I was dragged over wow. to Tokyo to be a fashion illustrator because they wanted a real New York fashion illustrator on their Japanese team. So I went for six months. <laughs> and okay. CBS called and said, you've got the first Watergate trial. I said, oh, I'm going to Tokyo. They said, well, you'll be back in January. It's okay. So it's in February of 74. I said, great, my dream job. So I went to Japan for six months and stayed for 37 years. I kind of didn't come back in this Watergate trial. Oh, for well. 37 years. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I documented in these, you know, I'm a reportage artist. That means I draw very fast, very accurately people in action. Mm -hmm. So I started documenting the sumo world and the world of kabuki theater, two very deeply traditional Japanese worlds, and it just kept me there. I couldn't leave. They're amazing. So you couldn't leave for 37 years? No, I couldn't. (laughs) I understand that, you know. Good, okay. Actually, it's... Andy, you should talk to Lynn a bit. Why are you so... My, our son is fascinated with Japanese culture. How'd that well, happen? I think it's... I think for me, it's a bit different. Um, I grew up playing video games, which almost all uh-huh. of which at the time were produced in Japan. Um, right. And a lot of which drew from Japanese culture. Um, and yeah. to someone who's not familiar with it, like, you know, why is there a hopping umbrella with one eye? That just doesn't make <laughs> sense. So I... 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I looked up that kind of thing, and you know, I was always curious about things I didn't understand. So I just kind hmm. of uh, researched more and more about it. Yeah. Well, it's understandable then that you got into the culture. My younger yeah, son exactly. grew up in Japan. Uh, my younger son Jesse grew up in Japan, reading manga in Japanese. Manga, you know, the Japanese um, cartoon, I guess mm-hmm. you would call. And uh, <clears throat> he's got a million books on that, manga in Japanese. And then Kill Bill came out, what, years ago? Mm, and yeah. You see the Kill Bill movies? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was simply manga, but portrayed by human beings and not cartoon characters. So, um, yeah, it, it's a pretty amazing genre. And it's got a lot what of people a, into the Japanese culture. I, the more I read your, your bio... It, not only did she she work with Sumo World, the Kabuki Theater, she also worked with the NFL on location during practice and games, oh, with yeah, the Equestrian yeah. World, uh, jumping polo events. Uh, you're the author of two upcoming no, uh, books on the traditional worlds of Japanese Sumo and Kabuki Theater. You have two books coming out? Well, actually three now. Um, it's three a bit now. of a departure. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm almost finished writing... A memoir, and I am now told it has to be called a nonfiction. Uh, I don't know. They have, they have different names. Whatever it is, it's a memoir. But um, but uh, I also have a book coming out sooner, which is basically a book of my drawings and paintings of behind the scenes at Sumo, with just little blurbs because people get bored reading too much. But the book I'm working on right now that will come out first is the book on endangered birds, endangered seabirds. I've done lots of drawings of puffins painted store, Galapagos Penguin, and I'll be doing the albatross, the mothers, and I'm working with the Project Puffin, which is part of the Audubon Society, to try to reclaim seabirds, because they're dying because of climate change. Hello, Trump, you listening? Climate change has warmed the seas <laughs> off of Norway. It's killed the plankton, which kills the food source for the, for the puffins, and the babies are dying. I actually have a friend who has invented something that could help feed the plankton and bring it back. So I'm hoping this book will make a lot of money so we can fund somebody to go over there and use his product to feed the plankton in the sea up there and help the puffins come back. So that's my next book. It's an adult coloring book, which is very trendy now, with beautiful drawings of these seabirds. And people can check my website. They can see when it comes out. But it's very exciting. It so is fascinating. It's a fascinating life. <laughs> That's good. Saving lives is good. Fascinating life, though. Lynn Matsuoka, uh, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Lynn, thank you so much. I learned a number of things. And you should be a little, you should stay a little busier. You don't have enough to do. Yeah, I'm looking for something. If you have an idea, let me know, please. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn, thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. What a fascinating woman. I love that she throws in a Trump. Are you listening? Mm hmm. Well, we could talk about China and India and uh, the fact that they have to uh, combine three billion people that live there. That They might be a little bit bigger problem than America is. So she lived in Japan in the 80s. I wonder if, I mean, at, at some point, you know, after World War II, they were had to be bitter. Um, but I'm wondering at what point did the general attitude shift toward pro-America? Because they're very pro-America right now um, and have been for a while, but I think, you know, was the 80s close enough to the war, do you think, that, you know, there was there was still some 
bitterness going around. You have to remember they became huge Elvis Presley fans within 10 years at the end of World War II. <laughs> yeah, they got over it pretty quick. And country, uh, country and Western music too. Meanwhile, Germany is later. still paralyzed with fear over the past. It's well, very strange. We'll tell a story about that when we come back. Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> 